0: Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1585 and today we're doing a resistance briefing on the children from Tehar, which is season 1 episode 6 of Star Wars Resistance and gives us a hint at some of the backstory possibly behind the construction of Starkiller Base. And I'll explain exactly what I mean by that momentarily. I will tell you at the outset that this episode debuted on Disney last night, and so if you haven't had a chance to check it out and don't want it spoiled for you, then save my podcast episode here for a later date. But if you are good with me talking about some of the First Order's machinations here, then let's dive right into it. First of all, the planet Tehar, this is an actual planet, and nobody's ever heard of it, so it seems to be in the unknown regions, at least that's what is suggested to us. The character's saying, never heard of it. it, must be in the unknown regions, so already we know that the First Order has to be involved in this just by you know that indication to begin with. And the two children from Tehar that make, you know, the reference to the title of the podcast are from this planet Tehar. And we find out that their village and, you know, well nigh the entire planet have been attacked and ravaged by none other than Kylo Ren and a small army of First Order stormtroopers. That they have killed everyone, destroyed villages and whatnot. And this is important For the First Order because of the fact that when we see the end of the episode and Commander Pyre reports to Phasma that the children are gone, you know, of course they escape, but not as far as Pyre knows, Phasma says that with the deaths of the children, or the supposed deaths, that the name Tehar will fade out of memory and it will allow them to keep their plans out of resistance hands. And so this suggests that whatever was happening on Tehar with the First Order had to do with First Order plans, and particularly big ones. And since we are in that place in the timeline before the existence of Starkiller base is revealed to the galaxy at large, well then it certainly suggests that Tehar and the people of it may have been involved in the construction of Starkiller Base somehow. Or, for all we know, maybe construction of their navies and, uh, you know, maybe uh, training areas for their troops or, you know, children being stolen from there and indoctrinated in the First Order. Lots of different possibilities. But I kind of like the Starkiller Base situation since we're already given hints of Starkiller Base in the series so far. And, you know, that's the grand plan to kind of announce themselves on the galactic stage by destroying everything. So, I think it might be Starkiller Base related, but I'd love to hear your thoughts too, so please do share them wherever you happen to be catching this episode. Now, I mentioned Commander Pyre already. That would be the gold-plated Stormtrooper armored dude, and we get our first good look at him in action, and, you know... He's fine. Nothing, you know, particularly remarkable. He doesn't do anything absolutely stunning that makes you think, ooh, this guy is really someone to contend with. Actually, we're just seeing that First Order Stormtroopers in this ep- in this show at least because it also kind of held true in the last episode in the High Tower as well. Don't shoot, you know, very much better. <laughs> than their original stormtrooper counterparts because they haven't hit the broadside of a barn as far as people running around go so you know maybe that's just a function of the children's show but (laughs) anyway yeah he does not do anything that makes you think wow this guy is really intense and in fact it has the wool pulled over his eyes when the Kids are able to drop out of a hole at the bottom of the Colossus and they are fooled into thinking that they've fallen all the way to their deaths in the cold, icy water below. And it turns out, nope, not without a little help from their friends, the Chalade, which is a... uh, uh, Latin word uh, that ties into turtle species oddly enough, and that's the name of the turtle species that works in engineering and the lower levels of the Colossus that help out Kaz and the two kids and Niku as well. Now this whole thing starts when Kaz overhears that these two children are on the loose And there's a bounty on their head for 20,000 credits. And he thinks to himself, hey, I'll collect the bounty and then I'll have money that I can, you know, and gets into other, you know, side stories in the episode. And the fact that he thinks he can suddenly become a bounty hunter is (laughs) rather ridiculous, of course. And it also demonstrates his naivete when he says initially when he meets the kids that, you know, hey, somebody's, you know, willing to spend 20,000 credits to find you. Like, they must care about you a lot and doesn't realize that it's actually evil people that want to do that and that's why they've put the bounty on their heads and he starts to get a bit of an idea about that when he is called to a meeting with Captain Doza and Captain Doza says hey do you ever give any thought to you know the kind of people who would possibly putting this kind of money out on them like you know that it could be mercenaries perhaps or you know other you know bad people who would be looking for them and you know kaz is kind of like huh yeah i didn't think about that hmm and so you know it certainly appears that doza is you know on the up and up at least as far as kaz goes thinks that you know he could be on kaz's side or might be doing the right thing and kaz actually gives him a little symbol that he knocked off the wrist bracelet of one of the two kids and we don't know what that symbol identifies yet but it's certainly given a lot of play with you know like characters looking at it and going hmm, why is that symbol familiar? Hmm, and it kind of looked familiar to me as well, but I've gone and looked in, in symbol things in Wikipedia, and it's not jumping out at me, so if you happen to recognize this symbol, then by all means, drop me a line about that as well. But the point that I was driving at there is that the moment Kaz and Niku were escorted out of the office, Doza calls up Captain Phasma and says, hey, those kids are here, and Phasma's like, "Oh, were you calling me to reconsider my offer about, you know, managing the platform?" and he's like, "No, but, you know, I'd like to improve relations with you and so I'm going to, you know, give you the opportunity to come get these kids." And so, that definitely plays in a gray area for Doza, and I think it shows that we're not dealing with, you know, just a children's show, we're dealing with some more complex motives. He's not willing to let the First Order take over, but he understands that the First Order is a force to be reckoned with. And wants to at least do what he can to, you know, try to manage or control the situation. Obviously, this is a fool's errand because there's not going to be any controlling the situation if the First Order really decides to, you know, pull the trigger on this and take over. And I have a feeling that once we get to the events of the Force Awakens, this is going to be a platform that the First Order will come over and immediately take control of. But obviously, you know, we can see further ahead than any of these characters can. So, you know, we've also seen this kind of story play out before. You think you can appease the bad guys, and it just it never works. But Doza's certainly trying. And it's also interesting that Phasma gives Doza a completely false story. He says that, or she says, excuse me, that the children are children of a wealthy First Order family and a high-ranking First Order family. And Doza mentions that little symbol on the wrist, and she says, you know, I just said that they were part of the First Order, but they're not military. So she identifies it as not being a military symbol. Hard to know whether we can actually trust anything that Phasma says. Certainly it's a lie about the First Order family situation. And, you know, probably definitely not a military symbol. But, you know, as for what it is, hmm, I think that's something that's going to be revealed to us in episodes down the line. And one last takeaway from the episode, Kaz actually reports in for the first time. We actually see him reporting in on his spy activities. And instead of getting Poe Dameron on the line, he gets Elo Asti, actually, which was kind of a, a fun little substitution there. And so he tells Elo what's been going on on the platform and the thing with the kids and whatnot. And Elo says, oh, this is big. I think General Organa is going to want to hear about this. So he gets uh, patted on the back for his work by Elo Asti, which is always a a good thing to be recognized for the hard work that you're doing. And that is where we leave things on this episode. So that's going to do it for our Resistance briefing on the children from Tehar, which is Season 1, Episode 6 of Star Wars Resistance. And also... It's going to do it for this episode of the show as well. So thank you so much for joining me as always. I hope you'll subscribe to the show if you are not doing so already. And I hope you'll consider supporting it as well at patreon.com SW7X7 in this crazy venture to bring you a daily dose of Star Wars joy. For now though, the last thing I got to say to you is may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be.